Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul test this morning, Lord. Lord, I was I am glad to come into your presence again this morning. David said, I was glad when they said, Let us go into the house of the Lord. I am glad to be in your presence again this morning. Thank you for a brand new day. Thank you because this is the day that you have made. Your word says that, Lord, you will cause us to rejoice and be glad in today. And so, Father, we thank you for every good thing that you have prepared for us today. Thank you for everything that will bring us joy today. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of friendship. Thank you for the gift of your love. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We say receive all our thanks and praise today in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you this morning for the covenant that we have with you in Christ Jesus. Thank you because by that covenant we can come into your presence this morning and once again cry out, Abba, Father. Thank you this morning because that covenant is still working. It is working because we know that the sun has risen again. Your word says that as long as we see that your covenant with the ordinances are still intact, so that the sun rises and sets, you said your covenant is still intact. So Father, we say thank you. For the rising sun, we say thank you. So many things to thank you for, but from the depths of our hearts, we say receive all our thanks and praises in the mighty name of Jesus. As we spend time reading our Bibles again this morning, once again, Lord, grant us wisdom and understanding. Help us learn the lessons in your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. Finally, yes, someone now believes me that we will complete the book, the Bible uh, this year. Yes, finally. So we completed Second Peter yesterday. Today, we could easily take First John so that tomorrow we take Second John, Third John and Jude together. But that will be too short because that leaves us uh, barely 53 verses to read. Okay, so to just space it out better, we will take four chapters today in, in 1 John, stop somewhere on chapter 5, and then uh, take on 2 John, 3 John, and Jude tomorrow, leaving us some six days to complete the 404 four verses in the book of revelations and i said in the book of revelation and i tell you we could easily do that in four days but five days will be good so finally you believe me right yes we'll complete reading the new testament uh, before the end of the year or by the end of the year a big thank you to everyone joining in again this morning 
Thank you for reading your Bible every day. Thank you because I know and I thank God also because I know that you are growing in your faith. You are knowing the Lord better and better. And I pray for you that you will be established in the will of the Father in the mighty name of Jesus. So turn your Bibles to 1 John this morning and let's read the four, four chapters. 1 John chapter 1. This is in the introduction. Obviously, first John, 1 John is written by the Apostle John. Yes, the Apostle of Love, if you want to call him that. The one whom Jesus okay, was the closest to Jesus. And you will see him. Remember, that was not his beginning. Um, John, James and John used to be called uh, sons of thunder, Boanerges. Yes, they were very, 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 very violent. Okay, and um, they, they exact revenge whenever things. And of course, they were very greedy. Remember when their mom came to ask Jesus that James and John would sit on, their, on his right and left. Okay, so when you read First John, you have to read from that concept. Okay, John at this point begins to address himself as an elder. So that tells you that it's been many years, many years of working with Jesus, working with the Holy Spirit by the time he's writing this. And you can clearly see the impact on John's life. So First John chapter 1 says... We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning. When you read First John, you can see the connection with, with the book of John. Okay, There's a strong connection with the book of John. It says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God. It says in John chapter 1, right? <laughs> so we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning whom we have seen we for whom we have we have heard and seen we saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands he is the word of life hmm so by this time it's been many years after jesus pass passes away so the majority who are hearing about jesus okay are hearing third account, fourth account, people who heard from people, from people who had people who heard Jesus. So hearing from somebody who was there, who saw Jesus, who even slept on Jesus' bosom, okay, hearing from that person was, I'm telling you, was very crucial. John said, look, we saw him with our own eyes we touched him, we ate with him, we went out with him. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us. Jesus was revealed, revealed to them. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. Jesus is the one who is eternal life. Eternal life itself is Jesus. To have Jesus, to accept Jesus, 
is to accept eternal life. Without Jesus, there is no eternal life. John, let me repeat it again. It says, and now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. You see, listen to John because John walked with Jesus. And in talking about Jesus, John clearly separates between the Father and Jesus and the Son. Okay? So for those who just model everything up together, I accept until we stand before Christ, until we stand before him, we will never be able to truly, truly understand this concept of the Trinity. However, we can accept, okay, that those who walk with Jesus clearly separated between the Father and the Son. It says, and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. Why is he saying we? Most likely someone else is doing the writing and so, and John is dictating. Okay? Now, living in the light. Verse 5. This is the message we had. This is the message we had from Jesus. And now declare to you what is the message. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Chikena, okay, for those who don't accept, don't understand our local palace, that means finish, finite, that's all, okay? Accept it. God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. There is no shadow of turning with God. God is not dubious. He's not trying to manipulate us. No. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. Why? Because God is light. We can be fellowshipping with him and at the same time, living in, the word is living in, okay? Living in spiritual darkness. We are, it, John goes on, he says, we are, not, we are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus' his son cleanses us from all our sins. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. John accepts that believers will fall into sin. He is writing to those who already have accepted Jesus. Okay? Who already have accepted. He said, look, we are saying these things to, to you so that you will have fellowship. He says, you, have, you may have fellowship with us. So he's writing to those who are believers already and he is telling them that if we proclaim we have no sin he's not talking about habitually living in sin he's talking about maybe falling into sin 
if we claim we have those sins, we are fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. God does not have any problem with a believer falling into sin. Okay? Simply come to God and ask your father to forgive you. That's all. Alright, so we move on to John, 1 John chapter 2. It says, My dear children, I am writing this to you. John calls them children because he considers himself an elder. He is an old man at this time. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is uh, truly righteous, the one who pleads our case before the Father. In other words, we have an advocate with the Father today. The one who pleads our case before the Father is Jesus Christ. The one who is truly righteous. And this is this is this is awesome. Imagine you are sentenced to, to know um, or you are accused of something, and then you you take an attorney and the attorney hears the case and asks you, okay, um who have you guys been to court at all? Okay, or have you been charged at all? And you said yes, okay, no problem. When is um your day in court and then you guys get to court and the first thing your attorney tells you that calm down don't worry the judge is my father <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> so why i'm not as expecting the judge to be um to be unfair or uh, to 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 please in the just play to to giving you guys the case but you can be sure that the, the judge will at least be fair. His son is on the other side. There are so those who will say, no, the judge has to recuse himself, but not here. There is no other judge. There is no other court you are going to take this to, okay? Yeah. But Jesus, he says that, look, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus, the one who is truly who is truly righteous. He is also Jesus Christ, the Son of God. <laughs> he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of, the, of all the world. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. How do we know that we know Jesus? We obey his commandments. We remember what Jesus told them. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. We read it again, verse 3, and we can be sure that we know him. We can't love him without without knowing him. And we can't know him, we can't know him without loving him. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims I know God but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar. And it's not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. You see the connection between doing the word and, and loving him. There is a connection. You can claim to love God 
and not want to do his commandments. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. This is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. All you have to do is look at the example Jesus left us and you should know, you would know how to live as a Christian. And let's look at the new commandment. Dear friends, I am not writing the new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one you have had from the beginning. The old commandment to love one another is the same message you had before. Eight, yet it is also new. Jesus lived Jesus lived the truth of this commandment and you also are living it for the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining okay so all that Jesus asks us to do is walk walk as he walked and how did he walk he gave his life for us he loved us and John is saying that is how we also ought to walk for the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims I am living in the light but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such, such a person does not know the way to go haven't been blinded by the darkness. I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. You, you hear that? Your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. Have you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior? If the answer is yes, your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. He says, I am writing to you because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. I am writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ. Maturity should involve knowing Christ. Maturity is not just that you pray every tongue. Okay? No. Maturity means knowing Jesus better and better. Maturity as a Christian. I'm writing to you. I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ. Who existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. Okay? Our faith, as it becomes stronger, leads us to winning our battle with the evil one, the devil himself. 14 says, I have written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. I have written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I have written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's word lives in your heart and you have won your battle with the evil one. Next, John advises them, do not love this world. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. It's as simple, you can't have them together. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. A craving for physical pleasure. A craving for, for everything we see. And pride in our achievements and possessions. That's all the world offers us. A craving for physical pleasure. A craving for everything we see. And pride in our achievements and possessions. It says these are not from the Father but are from this world. And this world is fading away 
along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. I pray you will live forever. But you know how to live forever. Anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Next, warning about Antichrist. Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming. And already many such Antichrists have, have appeared. From this, we know that the last hour has come. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. But you are not like that, for the Holy One has given you a spirit, and all of you know the truth. So I am writing to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. You know the difference. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy uh, the eternal life He promised us. I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit and it lives within you so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what He teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as He has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Remain in fellowship with Christ by walking in the Spirit. Paul says, walk in the spirit. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 28 says, and now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you will be, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are God's children. John said that the Antichrist was already there during that time what did that mean the spirit of the antichrist was already present even during that time i thought i told us about antiochus epiphanes a type of the antichrist who did everything in fact there was a time some felt that nero nero himself was the antichrist okay all these people simply had the spirit of the antichrist the one who is the antichrist himself it's only a matter of time will appear. All right, First John chapter 3. You see, see how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children. God calls us His children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but He has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. None of us has seen Jesus as he really is. When he returns, John says we will see him as he really is. Verse 3, and all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. 
everyone who sins is breaking God's law. For all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins and sins, and there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. Anyone who continues habitually practices sin does not know him or understand who he is. Verse 7, dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, you see that? It shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. The first work he came to destroy is sin, the dominion of sin over us. Verse 9, those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. If you are a child of God, you cannot habitually continue in sin because sin does not have dominion over you. The only way you habitually continue sinning is because sin has dominion over you and it does not over God's children. So, so now we can tell you, so we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Okay? Next, John says, love one another. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. Wow, this is background knowledge, right? About Cain and Abel. Cain had been doing what was evil, just like Abel had been doing what was what was righteous. And that was why Cain killed him. Because Cain knew that what he was doing was evil. Can you imagine? It's John that gave us this background knowledge. He said because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But the person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer. I'll take verse 15 again. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that no murderer does, you know, and you know that murderers don't have eternal life within, within them. 16 we know that real love we know we know what real love is because jesus gave up his life for us so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters if anyone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion how can god's love be in that person their children let's not merely say that we love each other let us show the truth by our action. We show our, la- our love by action. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we, will be, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. 
and he knows everything. 21, dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with, with bold confidence and we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. That is God's commandment. 24, those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. What is God's commandment? He says we must believe in the name, and this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. That is the only two things God will ask you when you get to heaven. What did you do with my son, Jesus? We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Number two, what did you do about love? Uh-huh. Show love to one another. That's all God will ask you when you get to heaven. Eh? That's all. Right? Let's read First John, First John chapter, chapter 4. Alright. Discerning first prophet. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. When people are speaking, if you check very well, you will know the Spirit with which they are speaking. That, was, that is what John is telling us. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the Spirit of the Antichrist which you had is coming into the world and indeed is already here. But you, you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. It says those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint and the world listens to them. But we, we, we belong to God. And those who know God listens to us. If they do not belong, if they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. That is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. How do we know they listen to us? Simple. That's what John is saying. If they listen to us, it is proof that they have the spirit of God. If they don't, then they have a contrary spirit. Next, loving one another. You see, John is talking all about love, 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 because he walks closely with Jesus and he knows that this is what God will ask of us. Dear friends, listen, dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. You can't claim to be a Christian and not love. You can't claim to be a Christian and then habitually walk in hatred, malice, backbiting, okay, everything that is not love. No. It says, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take our sins. That is how we know love. Jesus sacrificed himself for us. And that is what we ought to do for one another. 11. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. 13. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent a son to be the savior of the world. All would declare that Jesus is the Son of God, have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, okay? And we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in, who, who live in love lives in God, and God lives in them. 17. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. 18. Such love has no fear because perfect love expects all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. If we love each other because, if we, we love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but it's a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Did you hear that? Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Lord, teach us to love this morning. Yes, that is our prayer. Teach us to walk in love. Now we know you will access of these two things, your son and love. We know Jesus already, Lord. Teach us to walk in love in this world. We give you all the praise, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.